Hello and welcome to Plot Dresses. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing Once Upon a Christmas Eve by Elizabeth Boyd. This was published in 2017 and is the 10th and a fifth, 10th and a half book in the Maiden Lane series. If she snuck five novellas in before books 10 and 11, we'd lose our shit. I'm going to say, I think technically it's 10.7. I do think that supposedly they're supposed to come in. That said, I don't think, so we're reading this after having read the nine books. You have not read book 10 yet. Okay. So that's Duke of Sin. And so then this book supposedly comes after that one. But this one didn't have Valentine in it at all. No, no, not at all. Uh, We will get into this later because I have theories. But the only thing that doesn't make sense chronologically is that in book 10, Lord Dark appears and he is not married yet. Oh, I mean, that's... That's it. Based on even my I don't read out of order criteria, that's fine. (laughs) I think it's perfectly fine. Um, it's also fine because the family that it has most to do with is Godric's family, which was book five. This universe is already too big for me. Alrighty. <laughs> so, the book jacket. Adam Rutledge, Viscount Dark, really rather loathes Christmas. The banal cheerfulness, the asinine party games, and... Worst of all, the obligatory trip to the countryside. His grandmother, however, loves the holiday. And Adam loves his grandmother, so he'll brave the fiercest snowstorm to please her. But when their carriage wheel snaps, they're forced to seek shelter at the home of the most maddening, infuriating, and utterly beguiling woman he's ever met. Sarah Sinjin really rather loathes rakes, self-satisfied smirks, the sly predatory gazes, oh, and the constant witty banter rife with double meaning. But in the spirit of the season, she'll welcome this admittedly handsome Viscount into her home. But as the snowstorm rages, the yule log crackles, and the tension rises, Sarah and Adam find themselves locked in a fiery, passionate kiss. If love is the true meaning of Christmas, it's the one gift this mismatched pair can't wait to unwrap. This is an exceptionally good jacket. If this wasn't Elizabeth Hoyt. <laughs> yes. Like, this has direct quotes from the text. It's fun. Like, just this jacket gives the impression of a really lighthearted book when this is an angst fest. They're not stuck. So not lighthearted. They're not just stuck because the carriage broke. It's because their carriage broke and Dark is afraid his grandma is dying. Her story as to why she hates rakes is super dark. There is a sexual assault that starts to happen during the book. Like, this book jacket is perfect if this exact same book had been written by Tessa Dare. Yeah, it's true. You're, that's a good point. Okay, well, we wrote our own summaries. Fortunately or unfortunately, the random number that we generated out of 25 was three. So we can't really expand on the text. My three-word summary is, rake makes good. And thematically similar, mine is loathing or lust. I mean, I, I think we're good. I don't think we could improve on the book jacket. 
moving on. This is tropetacular. Yes. This is the longest trope paragraph we have written in a long time, and this is a novella. Mm-hmm. I I will say I think that I think novellas can lean more heavily on tropes sometimes. And we've expounded on that a yes. lot in previous episodes, but I do agree with you. Yeah. So the first one is it's it the setup is enemies to lovers, except he has no idea that he's Sarah's enemy. Right. And in his case. I don't think it's a quite a trope that we've seen variations of it. I, I I always reference the Springsteen lyric from Thunder Road, you ain't a beauty, but A, you're all right, and that's all right with me. Mm-hmm. Like, he recognizes she is not, like, objectively the hottest person he's ever seen, mm-hmm. but she is the most unforgettable person he's ever yeah. seen. Yeah. And he's, and like, he, angry about that. And he does remember her, so it's not that he's never, for you know, he's never forgotten her or whatever, but I don't think he realized that she hated him definitely not so i was gonna say i really like the variation on the snowed in trope which is yes it is snowing and yes their carriage broke but also his grandma can't leave bed apparently well he's the carriage breaks and they have to seek shelter because of the snowstorm but it's not his lady love it's his grandma yes (laughs) that's that's what i like about it but then he's stuck with uh, in in the manor house in his forced proximity with Sarah and also Godric's and John, who uh, also kind of hates him. Yes, that one he 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 did know. He knew that Godric hated him. <laughs> I was a little surprised. Not that this book needed it, but like you only know Dark as like villain adjacent. Yes, and not in terms of his like personal behavior with women specifically, which is why Godric hates him and Sarah hates him, but because like two of his best friends have ended up being like children murderers. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that is not even referenced in his character at all is really bizarre to me. Nope. Like, you I mean, know who he is because two of his best friends were exploiting children in St. Giles and one was murdered by another one. Yeah. I mean, I guess no personal angst about any of that. Yeah. So his three his three best friends have all ended up dead. Two well, yeah, of, but two of them were evil, and two one of them killed. were evil, and one was killed by the others, basically because he was innocent and wouldn't get in on it. <laughs> I just feel oh. like if like this were a book about Godric St. John, and sorry, not Godric St. John. If this was a book about Viscount Dark not yes. a novella, there would be some exploration of, like, his very shitty taste in people at the very least. Well, there would have been a lot of, like, how did I get this wrong, or how did I blah, 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 or how did I not see? And you're right, it's not... He, I, yeah. I thought this book was really noticeable, notable for what it was missing. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, I guess maybe she didn't want to spoil those books in case you started here. But, I don't know. Okay. I know, it's the only explanation I can come up with. So that uh, grandmama who is sick and the love of Viscount Dark's life up to this point is extremely observant and meddling. Mm-hmm. She's great. She's one of those perfection meddling old ladies. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I liked her a lot. That was really fun. There is a lot of this it has this his, the historical romance Christmas trope, which is we need to go gather greenery. 
or the Yule log or like just some reason that everyone has to bundle up, preferably in opposite sex pairs and go traipse about in the questionably safe outdoors for name your Christmas reason. I have to say I do really like these, the Christmas, the historical Christmas tropes. They're fun. Me too. And I think it's because it's when they do it this way, it's it predicates the modern commercial Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's not the gift giving. It's not, but it's, it's very, we have to decorate. We have to mm-hmm. celebrate. We have to play games. We need mistletoe so we can kiss under it. You know, we have carols we sing while we do it. I mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. That's great. I, my personal favorite trope, and this leans into Hallmark Christmas movies and this is in historical romance, it would just be tragic parental death. But in a Christmas movie or a Christmas novella, it has to be tragic parental death at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, in my favorite made for TV Christmas film, The 12 Dates of Christmas, it was originally on ABT Family, starring Mark Paul Gossler and Amy Smart. Um, highly recommend. It's Groundhog's Day, but Christmas. His wife uh, was tragically killed while hanging Christmas lights and falling off a ladder. <laughs> That's a tough one. And I just, I love when they can't just be sad, tragic orphans, a la Viscount Dark, but the tragedy of the sadness of the tragedy must be Christmas specific. There's that. And then on top of that, like overlaid is this historical romance trope because he thinks they, they were a very volatile couple and they died while having a fight. And so, of course, he doesn't want to fall in love because love just leads to tragedy. Yeah, but I thought it was interesting because sometimes you see that framed as, like, one parent loved the other. Mm-hmm. And so the protagonist of our current romance novel hero feels like they're most like the parent who was in love and was faithful and was left desolate when the other parent never could figure that out. Yeah, But in his case, it seems like both of his parents were pieces of shit and neither really loved each other. So it was a real, like, I understand why he hates marriage yes. in, like, the ar- aristocratic marriage of convenience sense. Mm-hmm. But I didn't quite understand why he hated love because it didn't seem like either of his parents ever really loved each other. It was just, you know, it, I think she was just like, why well, yeah, he doesn't want to fall in love because his parents were weird, you know? But mm-hmm. it's not logical. I'm not going to argue that. Let's see. What else have we got here? Oh, they're both just extremely pissed off that they find the other one supremely attractive. And they love needling the other by proving that they get a reaction. Mm-hmm. Even if it is like, oh, you were turned on to me in that minute moment. Aren't you embarrassed? Don't you hate me? <laughs> this is what I like Elizabeth White. <laughs> she's good. She's good at it. Look, she's real good at it. Okay. <laughs> so not only are um Viscount Adam, I keep saying Viscount, like that's his first name. Viscount. Not only are Adam and his grandmother stuck imposing on the St. John's hospitality at Christmas, but it turns out they were already hosting a Christmas party. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, all of the other guests are single men. Mm-hmm. Because Godric Sinjin has three unmarried sisters, the eldest of whom is Sarah. 
It was really great. It was so perfect because he unknowingly just fit in with the vibe, you know? <laughs> but also led to, like, my favorite kind of jealousy. Yes. Which is the hilarious and totally internal kind. Oh, right. And, like, he knows it's absolutely ridiculous, too. It's yes. great. It's so good. Oh, yes. Waltz and a garden. And they waltz and he's like, let's step out on this freezing cold balcony. On Christmas Eve. And then it goes exactly as you're imagining. Yeah. Spoiler-free version. And last but not least, uh, dogs or any animals can tell who is good. Um, and accompanying trope, she overhears him talking to a dog and thinks he's seducing a woman. Yes. He's like, he's like, Oh, that's right. Lie down for me, you sweet darling, or something like that. And she's going to go in and rescue one of her sisters. And, oh, it's the dog. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, you treacherous bitch. (laughs) Honestly, though. Yeah. You know. All right. So I read this book actually several times. I think because it's short, because it's Hoyt, because it's Christmas, like, I'll just read it. I'll be like, yeah, why not? I'll read this book. You can read it very quickly. Like 45 minutes, right? I mean, all of these Christmas novellas are quick. All of them. Um, So I've definitely read it before. It's not a favorite, though. And I think I forget about its shortcomings when I haven't read it because I do think the couple is well-matched. I do like this couple. In fact, I should say they would be well-matched if they had more time to actually converse with each other. Because most of what happens in this book is they have a little argument and then they make out and then they avoid each other. Like this cycle repeats itself several times, actually. I know we often say when it's about characters we love that we wish novellas had been novels. Mm -hmm. In this case, I think it's really difficult to turn someone who had been a villain-adjacent character in 10 books into a hero in a novella. Mm -hmm. And it's not... I honestly think if this was a novella that just set in historical times and, like, it was was a standalone, Mm -hmm. maybe it would have worked better. But coming into it with all the baggage you know about Dark, like, this was just too much of a change, I felt like for me to truly get on board with them. Yeah. I mean, basically, Adam, you're supposed to take it on faith that Adam is a nice guy because number one, he likes his grandma. And number two, he likes animals. And number three, he's not a sexual predator. Yeah. And I mean, like, I feel like these are very low bars. Like this is the lowest bar, right? (laughs) Is Adam as, as a, as a romance hero on the other hand i like those things so i do like him as a hero it's not that he was a terrible hero it's that not only did they not spend a lot of time together but he came into this book with a lot of baggage for any reader mm-hmm. if you'd read the previous books and no time was spent removing that baggage or contextualizing it yeah and i mean we haven't heard right now i don't think we've seen him since godric's book 
Like, I don't think he was in Maximus's book. I think he was. In Maximus's book? Like, in the back, like, two lines and a party when he, like, walked up to some people. I'd have to look it up. I honestly don't think so. I don't think he was in it. I think he's been more recently than Godric in, like, a circle of people at a party, like, acknowledged being there, but not, like, a character present. Mm, I mean, you can think that. I don't think that. Okay. I mean, it's okay to disagree about this one, right? (laughs) But the 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 thing is i he does come in book 10 uh he does show up and he plays a bit more of a role i was i at the time when i was reading the books i thought that he was going to be a hero hero like one of the main heroes of the series and i thought he was going to end up with someone else do you want me to spoil who i thought yeah because it didn't happen so spoil who you thought I thought he was going to end up with Hippolyta Royal. Okay. Um, Because she has a subplot in book 10. Okay. And it's actually wrapped up in a novella itself, which I think is interesting. Um, But I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm no longer surprised, but at the time I was like, huh, weird. Like it was an interesting choice. Okay. So um, anyway, that's all. I don't know. Other than that, I I don't, I mean, I don't think you have to read an order. And in fact, as Lane said, it might actually be better to come into this not knowing Lord Dark very well. Yeah. And and not because he's like inconsistent, but just because he's loaded and this book treats him like he was a generic background character. Mm Mm-hmm. Overall, yeah, he and his grandmother get snowed in. He and Sarah are playing this game of cat and mouse. And due to his love of his grandmother and animals, she starts softening toward him. And due to his grandmother's meddling, he starts thinking about what he really wants from life, and they fall in love at Christmas. However, what would be an otherwise feel-good, fluffy Christmas novella is of course bogged down by the content warnings as is standard with Elizabeth White. Yes. Yes. So standard content warnings. Sarah hates rakes, right? Why did she hate rakes lane? Was she like seduced by one in that she thought they were courting and then he left her for another woman, even though they never had any real relationship. No lane. No. It's oh, really? That. It's a, it's Elizabeth White Meg. So tell me what happened to her. So Sarah was groomed and sexually assaulted by an older man when she was a teenager. I I think she was what? She was between 15 and 17. Uh, she was 16. Okay, 16. <laughs> so, so I was exactly correct then. She you were was exactly between correct. 15 and 17. <laughs> and I, so she thought that she was really grown up. This dude was like in his 30s. Um, 27, uh, he convinces her to, you know, they would have made love if they hadn't been interrupted. She wasn't really convinced. Like, he was unbuttoning his trousers and she hadn't, like, was definitely not consenting at that point. Like, the way she described it, she was, like, confused. Yeah. Um, But it probably would have gone further. I mean, it would have gone further if that hadn't been interrupted. And then she tried to, she told her side of the story and he said, what? She came on to me. And she was basically ostracized from society from then on. Her well, mother did believe her, though. Her mother did believe her. Her mother 
has been supportive the entire time, which was very nice to see in a historical romance. So is that the end of the sexual assault in this book, Meg? Lane, if only it were. It's not. One of those unattached men, one of those bachelors who was invited into their home during the holiday season to make a possible match with one of the daughters decides that he's going to make a match by hook or by crook. Here's the thing. I think aristocratic men, men of privilege, whatever, forcing themselves on the staff, forcing themselves on sort of those ambiguous in-between women, governesses, tutors, probably far more common than anybody knows or than any historical romance really is going to acknowledge, uh, unless it's a poor secondary character who is now a victim for the sake of being saved by Christmas. Even I found it, one, extremely unnecessary to the text, but if this man is willing to assault women who are aristocrats in their brother's home, in the middle of a game of hide and seek when everyone is awake and looking for each other, like, this guy should have been in jail long before this. Like, this felt like it was, even by the standards of the time, like, he would have been shit-talked in society. Not that the woman wouldn't have been. Not that she would have been viewed as an innocent. But, like, this was so out of line by the standards of the time that I'm not saying it didn't happen. But I'm saying, like, in order to shoehorn this second sexual assault in, Elizabeth Hoyt had to make the decision to be, like, going as big as possible and as, like, absolutely this is a villain as possible and not to say that like raping servant girls isn't just as bad of course it is but i'm like the brazenness of this behavior by the standards of the time was pretty exceptional well and uh what i find disturbing every time i read this is that sarah and adam are playing hide and seek they find each other and they have this like hot and heavy hookup they're about to play hide the sausage <laughs> they, yeah they they played hide the sausage fingers so <laughs> <laughs> they just got finished playing that game <laughs> when um they hear someone else and they're like what and i'm just like i don't know it does i want to say it does taint their encounter because immediately after it is this sexual assault right and then actual assault, because Adam responds to catching this by punching the dude in the goddamn face. And I'm not saying that's, it was just a real emotional tone shift. Well, and then they're like, let's just throw him out in the fucking freezing cold with all his shit. And then maybe he'll survive, maybe he won't. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, I mean, I'm not, obviously... That he deserved to be punished right but i was like oh that's, that's really intense <laughs> the thing about this era is i just assume like he had servants there yeah yeah but they kicked his valet like, out no maybe they didn't i don't know what they did no they did like it, that's not in the text all that's in the text is kicking him out on, on his ass yeah so like if he had a carriage there and a valet there and a coachman there like it wasn't as like dramatic as kicking someone out in the modern day would have been in i mean i was mostly fine with it myself Okay, uh, sexiness. 
it's explicit. It is. And there are, especially for a novella. I was like, this is a novella and it's got like at least three like sex scenes. I thought I wrote this down, but it's got the hide and seek and then it's got the he sneaks into her room in the night. Yeah. And when he sneaks into her room in the night, they are officially getting it on. Mm -hmm. They did not discuss their feelings. This is also very Hoyt. Like, this is absolutely Hoyt's novella construct. Oh, absolutely. Make sure they have sex and then resolve the conflict in the final act. Mm-hmm. And, and what did you think of that final act resolution? I mean, of course I loved it. I did too. <laughs> it Like, candy cane rating, like, this is a solid three and a half. Mm-hmm. It's Taken down by all the sexual assaults. Honestly, I think by the virtues of what we've read this season, it's a four and a half. Like, <laughs> I could have done with a little bit more explicit Christmasing other than mm-hmm. going to find the holly, which they didn't even really participate in. Like, was, I, I, I thought it was kind of hilarious myself. They, like, went out. And, and of course, the prize for bringing back the most greenery is a kiss. And so you think, oh, he's going to win so that he can kiss her or something, right? No. They don't or even he's going to try to win so that she's forced, to, like, hey, are you really going to kiss someone else over me? Like, right. ball in her court type of thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I actually had a moment where I was like, he's going to win for her. So she's forced to confront her own feelings about the people here. Mm-hmm. But no, Hoyt would never. She Look, she can't aim at the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> Like it's it's Christmassy, but the proposal is not Christmas themed, other than happening at the Christmas Eve ball. And the book is just so angsty that it brings down a lot of the Christmas cheer. Like even the game where all the sexiness and sexual assault happens is hide and seek. You couldn't have made up a fake Christmas version of it. Mm-hmm. You know. I will say though, as you like. As you so eloquently put it, like, this is an Elizabeth Hoyt novella. This is a Maiden Lane novella. So if you like Maiden Lane, you're going to like this novella. Yeah. So, you know, be aware. It's sexy. The characters are fun. Uh, They're a good match for each other. And there's a giant bedrock of sexual assault that it all takes place on. And it's got some Christmas spirit. (laughs) It sure does. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy Assaultimus. Oh my gosh. <laughs>